Peace, peace, and welcome. We're glad you're here. Thank you. This is the Cook on Monday Morning Podcast. I am here with the street legend, Uh-oh. the community leader, Uh-oh. the mayor of the block. Whoa. <laughs> Woo, now I'm really nervous. Everybody's favorite um, San Francisco resident. Yes, sir. Takes the hood, save the hood, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> Rudy. Read the wrist. Yeah, yeah. Rudy Corpez, Jr. Yes, sir. I'm a junior, baby. Glad to have you, bro. Man, I'm glad to be up here, man. Good morning. I walked in. I was nervous. <laughs> he looked like a gangster. Uh-huh. I was just empty. Got one blanket on the floor. I thought I was walking to my death. Still kind of nervous. Shoot. <laughs> All right. Um, you know we're going to jump out nowhere. Is that? Nah, man. Uh, we safe, man. You're at home, bro. Man. Right on. You're at home. Cool. <laughs> All right. At Cook on Monday Morning, we believe that if you own Monday morning, you can own the week. If you own the week, you can own the year. And if you change your year, you can change your life. So, um, Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, so, Rudy, so like um, uh, a few years ago, I started wearing a wristband. Um United players, it takes the hood to save the hood. Yes. And um, and I also, for a long time, was wearing a wristband from my high school, Thurgood Marshall, right? And the concept in my mind, why, why I wear it, was because, uh, you know, I grew up in a low-income neighborhood in San Francisco and I wasn't very safe, and I've been all over the world. And so we're wearing, like, the, the wristband. I was like, wherever, I'm, wherever I go in the world, I'm taking the hood with me. Amen. I, t- I, I took a photo in front of the pyramids in Cairo, and I sent it to you. Yes, sir. And I was like, you know, and I sent it to I you fired, because <laughs> I was, I was like, yo, the hood is with me. You That's know, right. wherever take I the go person in the out world. the hood, but you can't take the hood out the person. Yeah, the community comes. That's it's in the heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, your your history in the city um, is, you know, I mean, you, you you're still building, but you you've already, I think, a certified legend in what you've accomplished for. Thank you um, for for the people. Like when I. I walked through, I also was telling you, I don't know if I told you the story. I was walking, I got a tour of A50 Bryant. Mm-hmm. And I walked through, uh, you know, where all the inmates were, had on a suit, but I had on the wristband. Right. And some of the some of the brothers inside was like, hey, UP, UP. Like, you know, they instantly so, recognized, like, so, you know. That's where the hood yeah. is really at now. Mm-hmm. You're respected by people that... Um, are in position that are sort of uh you know being held up you're respected by some of the city's most accomplished uh wealthy people and politicians like everyone knows rudy um what is united players hey man first of all do i look at you out the camera you can look at wherever but i look at the player right there huh yeah wherever you want to look bro (laughs) um so it's audio and video recorded thank you brother of course man for that uh proper introduction i'm honored i'm humbled you know that anybody will acknowledge me as somebody man in that in that light and i give all praise to the man upstairs god mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's all god's work baby you know god is the ultimate gangster mm. so his name start with a g gangster <laughs> <laughs> um and so i mean you and united players mm-hmm. It's something that was started by the people, the youth, in 1994 from interracial violence from different communities that was beefing, mm. gangs, all together at Babo High School mm. and came together and 
came up with the concept and the name of United Players. That's what it is, uniting the people who's willing to do something positive, productive for their people in the hood. Mm -hmm. That's what UP is. That's all it's about. 25 years now, though. Mm, wow. 25 years. Yeah, 25 years, baby. October so the 8th, 1994, let it be known, mm. when it kicked off, the big fight, the big riot at Balboa High School. Yeah, well, what, what was the story? What happened? So there was a party at Balboa High School. Like an after-school party with teenagers? After-school party, mm. right. And two different um, neighborhoods in San Francisco was about to fight. It was all blacks mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the party. It was finna fight. And they took the fight outside the party to the street. And when they was finna fight... They were squaring off. And, you know, when you want to watch a fight, there's so many people. People couldn't see. So some of some of the youngsters, some of the black dudes stood on top of the car to watch the fight of the two dudes who's finna get down. Mm -hmm. And when they were stepping on some of the car, there was a gang of Filipinos. The Filipinos, hey, yo, man, get off my car. Mm -hmm. They turn around. Man, fuck you. I'm, I don't Can I apologize? Is that wrong? Yeah, you can cuss. Okay, man, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> uh -huh. So the Filipino, that man, fuck you. So instead of being black on black, mm -hmm. the winds turned. Now it was Filipinos against black. Mm -hmm. So all the blacks who was finna fight and fight, they got together. Mm -hmm. So it became racial. And the fight kicked off. Hella people, man, got injured. The fight started in front of Bow, went all the way about a taqueria, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it was oh, on the newspaper. Yeah. It's on the news. I'm, you know, it's on the newspaper. Check mm -hmm. your records. Check your files. October the 8th, Big Ride at Bow. And so after that day, people who was black or Filipino going to school was getting jumped. Mm. Right? People who had nothing to do with the beef. Mm -hmm. And so I so happened to be working at the time. I just got hired as a gang prevention counselor out of Bernal Heights Neighborhood Center. Mm -hmm. And District 11 is where everything was at. While I was working, Bernal Heights, Balboa, I was sent to go work with Filipino gang members. I'm mm -hmm. Filipino, mm -hmm. 110 percent, baby, with no cut. It's uh -huh. me. <laughs> Shit. Uh, and it. so when I'm up there, I noticed that hella Filipinos was getting beat up, hella black. So I got with the Filipinos, right? Mm -hmm. I said, "Hey, man, we got to get this stopped because ain't nobody learning now. This is a school of education." Mm -hmm. And they agreed. They said, you know, you're right. Well, who's going to get the blacks? So I got a dude named Andre Alexander. He was the coach of the football team that knew all the brothers. Okay. So he was willing to get the brothers. Mm -hmm. The administration was willing. They didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. The principal at Bow 94 was Filipino, Ms. Montaversion. Mm -hmm. And then I got a Samoan dude named Leite, around 6'5", 400 pounds. He was my muscle. Mm -hmm. I know Leite from the streets. Okay. So we sat in a room like this. We had all the players at the room who was fighting. We even had to get the police to get some of the guys that from who was on suspension. Mm -hmm. The prince would go get them because we had to have all the people who was fighting. And I sat there and I said, and I really didn't know too many of them. I really didn't. And I asked a simple question. How did the fight start? We got to go all the way how it started. Mm -hmm. An original fight, remember, was the blacks on blacks. Mm -hmm. And you know what they was fighting over? No. It was a girl. Oh. Most wars start from land and girls, female. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so y'all was fighting behind that? I said, yeah. Who was the girl? Mm. They said she was. I was like, uh, her? Y'all finna <laughs> die over her? They was like, oh, hell nah. Uh, yeah, so they was yeah, like, yeah. damn, they make sense. Like, yeah, man, damn, we tripping. And then I talked about the Filipino part. Okay, so how would you feel if somebody was standing on your car? Dude said, man, I'll whoop their ass too. Mm -hmm. I said, well, how you think that brother for you standing on his car? Mm -hmm. So it kind of made sense out of everything. Then I said, so well, how can we stop the violence? Mm -hmm. It was just us. Administration was out. The police wasn't in the room. It was just me and all the homies. Mm -hmm. They came up with all the answers. Mm -hmm. 
They said, man, we need to do this on campus. We need to make uh, uh, have flag football games. Mm-hmm. Well, football te- games. Teenagers. Teenagers, they just wanted something to do because mm-hmm. there was nothing happening at Bow and Lunch. Right. And at Bow Boy at the time, it was like three schools in one. Mm. That gate wasn't there. Right. And so the lunchtime activity was fights. Mm. It was off the hook. And so they was they said, man, let's have basketball games. Let's have football. Let's have talent show. I said, I can make it happen, but you guys got to help me out. I gave them the uh, the power. And they had already had the skills and the leadership. They just need somebody to give them an opportunity. They started organizing all these activities. Mixed, though. It wasn't blacks against Filipinos. They mixed the teams up. And then the Samoans and Latinos came together and they fought against the blacks another day. Mm-hmm. And then now I use the same, right, um, I use the same idea that I did with the blacks and Filipinos. Now it was blacks, Latinos, Filipinos, Samoans, and same thing. Mm-hmm. And they came up with the name. This name is a club. What you going to name it? Mm-hmm. They named it United Players. They did. I didn't. Mm-hmm. 25 years later, though, they find we still pushing. Still here. Like a pregnant woman, baby. Mm. (laughs) Shoot. Cadillac on four flats. We're still pushing. Worldwide, baby. Rudy with the little little phrases and whatnot. Drop as many as you can. We we all count them. (laughs) (laughs) They just come naturally, baby. It goes down that way. Well, it takes the hood to save the hood. Right. So, so, um, So that's its own thing. That's sort of gone all over the world, and it's—I mean—it's definitely recognized in the city. Yes, sir. What was the impetus of that? How did that start? Wow! So, our first shirts on the back: mm-hmm. straight players, not no haters. That's mm-hmm. what it would say. If you okay. see them, those are the original. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, look, I got on my phone right here. Mm-hmm. Old ass school flip phone. Oh, I got a flip phone. Look, straight oh, players, yeah, not yeah, no yeah, haters. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the original UP shirts. Okay. How to, it takes the hood to say the hood came out in two thousand. I think it was five. I don't know if I got the right time. You remember what happened in New Orleans? Yeah, Katrina. Katrina. Yeah. So we have a UP chapter in the South South Bronx. They decided they want to bring a group of their kids to go out and help out and clean up uh, in New Orleans because the the tragedy. Mm-hmm. So United Players from New York and San Francisco came together. We went out there. We helped build the house, one of the first houses on the Third Ward. Mm-hmm. And as we're doing it, I'm talking to the actual people over there, right? Mm-hmm. What happened? And they was telling us, and they said, man, nobody came to help us. I was, what you mean? They said, the mayor, the governor, the president, nobody came to help the people. Mm-hmm. They said people was drowning. People was dying. So who helped? They said, you know who came to help out? The drug dealers. Hmm. The dolphins. Mm-hmm. Some of them used to be doctors before they do mm-hmm. They started making tourniquets. Mm-hmm. They started making things that float to put people on they wouldn't drown. And they said, man, it took the people to take care of the people. And so I was like, damn, that's Maney, mm-hmm. right? Here we is in America. Right. Nobody came to help our own people out. In America, not on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. And so when I was at the airport, I was thinking like, damn, it takes the hood to say the hood. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's what I put on the shirt. Wow. It takes the hood to say the hood. Yeah. And one of our board members used to say, it takes the thug to save a thug. Right. And so all that came together, and that's what we branded. It takes mm-hmm. the hood to save the hood. Yeah. And yeah. it blew up, because it does. All yeah. that means, it takes the people to save the people. Right. That's all it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and I, I think it also is empowering for people that um, are coming from communities that, uh, you know, all the association with the hood, is, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of beauty, but there's a lot of negative association. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of... Um, 
interventions that are coming from, you know, outside forces into the community, telling the community, like, this is what you need to do to be better. Hmm. And so it flips the dynamic on itself to say, like, you know, it's like that, 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 that um, the self-determined attitude, like, we can do this on our own. Matter of fact, like, we are the solution to our own problems, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, it's a beautiful way to encapsula- encapsulate all that. And I'm glad, you know, you were, you were doing the work right before Katrina. The phrase came out of the work in Katrina. Um, New Orleans is my one of my favorite cities. Oh, was that right? Yeah. And so um, I right think that's, on, that's real poetic that, like, out of all of that, seeing the similar stuff all over the place that... Um, Look, check, bro, check that out. You see that? Oh, well, you got a Saints, uh, yeah. You see the address in it? 1800. That's the house we built. Oh, wow. New Orleans right there, man. Mm-hmm. That's what that, you, you see all this, man. You see the Philippines. We got a chapter in the Philippines. You got to put this up to you. We got a chapter in the Philippines, New Orleans. Everything that we impacted, mm-hmm. I got it blasted. I actually didn't know that there were chapters all over the world. Uh, yeah. yeah, God is. That's what He does. He's <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. Spreads love. Where where are all the where are all the places that United Players has? So we're in San Francisco. We're in seven different schools in Frisco. We really in every school this, when they call us, home? right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of work being done in East Bay, mm-hmm. right? We got one in New York, the South South Bronx. I have one up in L.A. up in Watts for mm-hmm. a minute. You know what I mean? We got it in the Philippines out there. One of my homeboys who did a life sentence, Mm -hmm. he got out of prison after doing 35 and he took it to the Philippines and he's a pastor now. So he's over there in my province where my bloodline starts. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, also are starting a chapter in Stockton, California. And so, you know, we're a lot of different places, but God has blessed us to move the crowd and be in locations that we would never have dreamed of. Mm -hmm. And we damn near in every jailhouse, every prison. Well, I want to I want to get to all of that. Um, what is the uh, so? You, I know you have your headquarters down in the Soma District, and I kind of want to get into like you're, you're kind of like a genius marketer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm know? a hustler, baby. <laughs> and uh, like you know, we all know who you are. We all know the organization's name. Um, and I and I, I wanted to know like um, so. Let's just talk about this. Let's talk about this. This what is it? Howard. Let's talk about Howard Street. There's like the United Players headquarters. There's also uh, a family housing. Like break down sort of sort of like the real estate and kind of where you're based here. Right on. So I appreciate you that question, asking that question. So I grew up. I'm born and raised in San Francisco. I'm a native. Twelve eighty five Howard Street. Mm. That's between eighth and ninth. Okay. Right. And so my that's organization. That's right. Dang, I didn't know that. You're born and raised. You grew up on that block. So you remember how I told you when I first started working as a gang prevention counselor, it was at Bernal Heights mm-hmm. Neighborhood Center, mm-hmm. 515 Cortland. They hired me because they needed a Filipino gang counselor. Mm-hmm. But what I did, that was in 94. In 2005, I asked the director, Mauricio Vela, can I move what I started with the people here into my neighborhood where there was a need? So he told me like a pimp, tell a hoe. Go ahead and take the program, but don't take none of the funding. You know what I mean? I was like, all right. When I was working for Bernal, I was their best hoe at the time. You know what I mean? I was everywhere doing everything I can to blow it up. Wow. And it was bringing in a lot of revenue. You dig uh-huh. what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But I didn't know nothing about budgets. I didn't know nothing about even a community-based organization. I just wanted to help mm. save lives. Mm-hmm. But once I started seeing how the game worked, right, and Mauricio was one of the best directors there ever was he would teach me bring the city hall like i do now and bring other people mm-hmm. he's one taught me all that mm-hmm. and so i brought back what i started in that neighborhood 
into my neighborhood when I'm born and raised. Okay, okay. Because when I would go juvenile hall, there was hella kids from my neighborhood. Hey, bro, why you always visiting other kids? Why you don't visit us? Mm -hmm. We from your hood. Mm -hmm. Like, damn, they right. And so when I first came back to uh, uh, the South of Market, where I'm born and raised from, with the pro the program, the product, you're not a players. Mm -hmm. We were still a program. Mm -hmm. 2005, we was running up out the rec center because we had no home, but we had hella kids. Mm -hmm. Which rec center? Sixth Street. Okay. Park and Rick, Gene Friend Rec yep, Center. Yep, yep. We was there. But after we started coming there, they started wanting to charge us. Mm. We didn't have no money to give them, Park and Rec. They got us up out of there. We was fortunate enough to get a little space in our neighborhood. And while I was there, I have a phenomenal grant writer, a phenomenal accountant, and phenomenal staff that was doing everything for free at the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we was able to do that. And then we needed a building because we was having hella kids. Right. And sure enough, man, I was praying on it. I fasted when they kicked us out the wreck. And we, we we was still little now. We wasn't a nonprofit. We was phys, we was being uh they call that physical sponsor. Oh, yeah, physical yeah physical yeah, sponsor. We had somebody who yeah, yeah. was a physical sponsor because uh -huh. you know I was getting money from the city now. Okay, you know a little grand here, a little grand here to add up, and people was volunteering. And so anyway, it was a building. We moved in there in two thousand and nine. Mm. Right, so we're in a neighborhood. Two thousand five, two thousand nine. We moved in the building, ten thirty eight Howard Street. Three blocks away from where I grew up. Mm -hmm. I used to destroy the neighborhood. Right. I used to destroy my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I want to you know get into I mean? that too after you tell the story. Go ahead. <laughs> and so we're in there from 2009 and then 2015, I was able to build a lot of good relationships, mm -hmm. you know, through developers in the neighborhood, through tech, through the city, through just regular folks, mm -hmm. and talk to them about a program and a product that's the best thing on this planet. And they, they believed in us. Like, I believed in what we was doing. Put your money where your mouth is. Mm -hmm. And they invested. So 2015, I was able to purchase the building that we're currently in. Mm. So you were leasing Praise it up God. until that point, And then you, now now you now United Place owns the building? We own the building. That's our building. I bought in 2015. Mm -hmm. Wow, so it's been five years. Million. Woo. And so talk about the, the space. So the space is I've been there several times. 5,200 but. square feet. We've mm -hmm. got two floors. It's like a center I grew up in my neighborhood called Canny Kip. Mm -hmm. When I grew up in the South of Market, there was a community center called Canny Kip for the kids and the people in the neighborhood. I found that there's a difference between park and rec than a community center. There's two difference. I run a community center. Right. Park and rec is over there. Mm -hmm. So we utilize the space because it's in our community. But um, um, our center has... You know, a facility that we can use a space to teach the way we want to teach. Not that they teach, you know, in the regular schools with that curriculum. We teach them about life skills. Mm -hmm. We teach them how to survive. We teach them the things they don't teach them in the schools. Mm -hmm. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. In a real way where they can comprehend. And so we have that space. We have It's like a place for kids to chill. It's their after school space. Mm -hmm. We got a game room. We got a computer lab. We got a, a room in there for the high school kids. Mm -hmm. We outgrew our spot now. Mm. It's 2020. We building up. Mm. You out on the floor. We working on it. We mm. in the, in the process right. of building up because we don't have no more capacity. Wow. For all the kids we serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my uh, my my cousin Marquise watches the podcast, and his son Marquise who Marquise Cook. Oh, okay. And his son Damani was in the program that summer. I don't know if you like Damani was running around. You remember Damani? 
Man, you got so many kids. Uh, okay. nah, we, talk, we, we talked about I know him. if I see him. Yeah, we talked about him while he was there because, you, you, know, you know, but he really enjoyed his uh, his summer at United Players. And so there's like, um, I know there's a lot of programming. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, yes, yeah I my little cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He told me he was your folks. Uh-huh. And, um, and so he really enjoyed the space. Talk, let's talk, I want to... I wanna, I want to talk about the the housing on the block too. Okay. Like, what's the story behind that? Are, is United Place involved in that? So we had a hand in, uh, to deal with it. So there was a project. See, this is what I've been learning since I've been executive director. Before I was just somebody who was a, a, a prevention. I was in the prevention, gang prevention counselor. But as I started understanding the hustle and seeing how it worked, I built my way up and became the director. Mm-hmm. Right. And so me being a director, my chase is different now. Mm-hmm. And so what I did realize is. Our neighborhood and Filmo was the number one and number two neighborhoods that was being gentrified and displaced. Mm-hmm. And so I kept saying, damn, all my Filipino people are leaving They're out of here because we have a hundred year history of Filipinos in the South of market. Mm-hmm. So I said, how can I stabilize my people to make sure they don't get displaced and move out? And so what I started realizing, we ain't got no money here. How can we offset that? Mm-hmm. I started thinking the 21st century way. There was developments that was being built. Go to them and make sure they put money into a pot, mm-hmm. right? The offset that the money, not for the whole city, just for our neighborhood, mm-hmm. that that money could be used to help us build and buy property and buy land. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we wasn't generating our own revenue. We're a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And so there was a building that was built. And this one, uh, Chris Daly was our supervisor. Mm-hmm. Smart dude. Mm-hmm. The Recon Hill. And so there was a pot that was made of money they would have to offshoot into a pot called a stabilization fund. Mm. The stabilization fund was allocated to our community right. with a group of people who would decide how we would use those millions to stabilize the hood. Mm-hmm. That was one way. Mm. Okay. So the stabilization fund. I use the bathroom. Can I use the restroom? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. All Take right. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> So, and, and is that the only housing facility or y'all, y'all got more? But we have different locations in our community now mm-hmm. that has Filipino families that are not able to be displaced now unless they want to move out. Mm-hmm. And so we was able to use some of the funding that was in the pot, right? Mm-hmm. Are you recording? Okay, cool. There was some of the money that's used in a pot for us to stabilize those homes that people wouldn't move out. And so, for example, um, there's an idea of people who've been living there since the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, Filipinos were in mm-hmm. the 70s. If you've been living there for a certain amount of time, we wanted to make sure that we stabilize you and 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 put money into the building, buy the building. And those people who in the families I live there, they can never be moved out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we started using it. And then when it came to the low affordable housing, some of the properties and the lands that were there that was vacant wasn't being used. We used some of the developers who are building downtown mm-hmm. to offset to buy, to give money for us to buy that land, All to right. build affordable housing, mm-hmm. make it 100% affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we will move in the families that are currently there, prioritize. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we was doing was working with the mayor, the layer of the mayor, Edley, the late mayor, Edley, may he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. To make sure we prioritize the people from the neighborhood right. that was there. If they mm-hmm. could prove they was there, mm-hmm. then boom, they get options. And those were some of the stuff that we was working on because it was a law, I think a federal law, you just couldn't push in Filipinos because they was Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we started to name some of the buildings, right? Mm-hmm. 
Excuse me. That's Obama. Okay. He's gonna have to wait. All right, cool. Yeah. That's my homeboy, man. Barack hey, Obama. Hey, Barack, I'm hold on. I'm man to Mr. Cook. <laughs> Cook. Hold up, Barack. We got to Yeah, we got on our playboy. <laughs> Turn him off right now. Uh-huh. Now, if that was Bernie, I'd have probably answered it right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mess with y'all. Is that your candidate? <laughs> well, you know, I fucks with him. Okay. You know all right. I mean? all right. So it's yeah, a great plan. Uh-huh. So the, you know. so the, the thing about the federal housing piece, though, that I think like, like this is really problematic for me because um, when local governments and federal governments were trying to displace communities, they used race. Mm-hmm. And now as we're trying to build more housing, like we can't use it. So it was partially like a um, recognition of writing the past, but like there are communities that were injured, I think that need to be specifically focused on and, and supported. And it, it's so important. And I think you already know this, how for people to feel rooted, like that has to be based on housing. You know, so you're talking about stabilizing and leveraging developer dollars to to build in your community. I think I think there's a lot to be said for um, you know, how that intentionally is supposed to support the Filipino community. Mm. You know, so but, but so there was a lot there was a so you know what a Moscone Center was? Uh-huh. There was over five thousand Filipinos that was displaced over there. Mm. And I think back then they was promised that they would have housing or whatever, mm-hmm. but they got played and tricked. Mm. And that's why I think it's important for us to be able to sit at these tables right. and to make sure we have lawyers when the contracts are signed that it really stipulates man that people are not moving out. Because mm-hmm. I thought I believe they was played. They didn't know. Right. And so, you know, they uh uh so, you know, a lot of people, oh, man, you work with the developers, man. Mm. Man, you selling out. Mm. Now, hell, I ain't selling out. I'm mm. selling in. Why well, can make sure my people is leveraged and mm. is able to stay? You can never, man, fight and get things changed if you're not able to be at a table with somebody. Right. You dig what I'm saying? I learned that, man, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to infiltrate. Don't assimilate. Mm-hmm. That's how you survive. Mm-hmm. We can't match dollar for dollars with folks. So how do we survive in the 21st century when everybody's being pushed out? Mm-hmm. You got to be able, man, to sit there, man, and and let them know. Because we talked about this earlier. Can't nobody tell the people from our neighborhood what's best for our people. Right. You can't come from the outside and say, let me tell y'all what this is and what's good for y'all. Hell no, nah, we the ones. Mm-hmm. And what we provide in the neighborhood when they come in is safety. Mm-hmm. We provide safety. They got to park their cars. Mm-hmm. They got to start their businesses. They got to walk down a block. Mm-hmm. And if we're not there to, and say, hey, yo, man, leave their ass alone, mm-hmm. or no, don't, don't mess with that car, or man, look at, you know, uh, 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 the, the bikes coming by, mm-hmm. you know, don't steal their bikes. If we're the protectors of the neighborhood, we have to be involved in the common denominator to make this community safe. Because don't nobody want to move in a neighborhood if it's not safe. Yeah. That's number one. You don't want to start a business. And that's the part I'm working on, and that's what we provide and what we bring. Right. It's safety to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's um, and, and and you work with everybody. Like you do the gun buy pro- buyback program, right? Like uh, you know um, what's the dude's name? There's there's some tech billionaire that I think you're friends with. One of one of those dudes, and uh, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi knows who you oh, are. Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So you. You you brought multiple Ron Conway. Ron Conway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ron Hella Con- people mad with Ron. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, well. At least with uh Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there there's also been a lot of like some some political tactics that um were not like favorable that like were implemented by 
either him or people that know him. And uh, and Ale- Alex Turk was on the, the podcast. And I know Alex is my good friend, Alex. Yeah. And Alex does work with, uh, he did work with um, Circle to Schools, which I think was an initiative from SF yeah. City that they're all kind of connected to. Yeah. But um, bringing all these different folks together, like what, what, what I really respect about what you built is that people do respect you, you know, like in all these different spaces and you work with everybody. And so like when you are in your fundraiser and your fundraiser that's at the press club, mm-hmm. at least it has been the last several years, um, you got you got people that are from the community there. You got people that are police officers there. You got elected officials there. It's like everybody. Rudy is the UP. Rudy is the um, the occasion for everyone to come in the room together. I you know? appreciate you saying all that because you said a whole lot of shit in one thing. <laughs> one, I just want to say and be real clear: uh-huh. all money ain't good money. Yeah, you dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Slow money better than no money. Mm-hmm. You know, and just to clear Ron Conway, Ron Conway is a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And because I know him personally, I don't like all the choices he makes. Mm -hmm. But personally, he's a good dude. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he he has contributed to a lot of causes that a lot of people don't know. Mm -hmm. You dig what I'm saying? That really helps out the community and safety. You know, they don't hear that part. And so, um, you know, with all that said, having all these people that come together, whether it be the SFPD or some of the cats who just did a life sentence come together. That's what us players do. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Real play. We're able to bring people to the table to come together under one umbrella, man, and see what is the best situation to keep our community safe and thriving as mm-hmm. a community. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I disconnect myself from the haters and connect myself with the players. So mm-hmm. I fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Cause you're a player in real life. There you go. You dig what I'm saying? I'm certified now for everyone that had any doubt. Bonafide certified. <laughs> real motherfucking player. <laughs> You know what I mean? All them other players with all the long cars and the jewels and all that fans, they played out. Mm. They got that life sense, baby. Ain't nothing fly about that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the players that's doing something positive and productive for their people in the hood, just like this brother. Right on, man. That's those new true players right here. You heard me? Right on. So your upbringing in the city, like you talked about, um, you know, uh, tearing up the streets before you got into sort of the violence uh, prevention work, mm-hmm. and um, and I know you're really proud of your 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 roots in the city. Amen. Um, talk about like a little bit about what your family dynamic was like, mm-hmm. like what your mm-hmm. early years were like. Yeah. So I'm originally my family is from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I know where my bloodline starts, but I was born at Letterman's Hospital in San Francisco because my father was a serviceman. Mm-hmm. But the first place my family moved to when they came out here was Double Rock. Okay. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And on this point, they moved from over there to Third Street. And then from Third Street, they was by South Park. And then eventually we moved mm-hmm. to where I was born and raised in the South of Market, right. 100-year history of Filipinos, mm-hmm. 70s, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I got involved in a gang when I was 12 years old. Okay. You know, South of Market wasn't a... It was a tough neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You, had, you know, you go on the streets, there's a lot of people out there, you know, growing up community, but you had to be tough. You couldn't be either going to be a victim or mm-hmm. you was going to be somebody, man, that fought back. Right. I fought back. Right. You know what I mean? And so I joined the gang at an early age. Some of my brothers, not all of them, my family members, there's nine of us, was involved in that same lifestyle. Okay. And so I got caught up early. And then during coming up in the 80s, and when I say gang, we wasn't no gang that was vicious or ferocious or no run around killing people. No, it wasn't that type of gang. Just a group of homeboys lived together in the same neighborhood, mixed, mm-hmm. right? Different nationalities, South the market. But as I got older, 
crack cocaine came in the community. Right. You know, affected every hood in America. Mm-hmm. Ours too. Mm-hmm. And I got caught up in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that lifestyle changed me from being somebody who was living as a gang banger, not a gang member, mm-hmm. to start selling dope because it was lucrative. Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted shit. So everybody around Frisco in the mid 80s, late 80s, early 90s, we was balling. Everybody had shit. I had a Jeep too. Mm. You know, I had me a 5.0. Mm. My shit was the green with the phantom top, with the <laughs> big 18 inch uh, rims, uh-huh. with the speakers in the back, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Knocking too short right. or some Eric being Rock Kim. Yeah. Down the block, you hear me two blocks uh-huh. coming two blocks down, rattling everybody, rattling motherfucking <laughs> block. Wow, 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 with a raccoon hat on, <laughs> Filipino with a Jerry curl and a raccoon hat. Uh-huh. <laughs> you had a Jerry- motherfucker coming down the block. <laughs> you had a Jerry curl. Hell yeah, I had a curl. Out <laughs> <had> a perm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Okay. And so you know I, that was me, and then you know a lot of my people was involved in that same lifestyle, but. At a certain point, I ended up becoming my own best customer. Mm. You know how they say that rule, don't get high on your own supply? Mm -hmm. I didn't follow that rule. Mm. I ended up, man, fucking it all up. Mm. So when I was selling dope, right, I got busted. Mm -hmm. Police got me. And then a lot of tragedies started happening in my life in the late 80s, right, early 90s. And so I started getting high Mm. and not knowing I was suppressing what I really felt. You know what I mean? Just getting high. Mm. But turned into becoming my own best customer. And I became, I hit rock bottom. Mm. And I started robbing people and I went to jail behind that too. Mm. Wow. So I was a drug. I was on both sides of the gun when it comes to it. Mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to be a baller, damn near millionaire in the game. Mm-hmm. And they get it all took overnight. Mm-hmm. And then they become a drug addict. I'm talking about a dope fiend. Mm-hmm. And looked upon not only by the community, but even your own family. Like, oh man, he ain't shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then boom. Yeah, so at what? So you you were arrested and you behind uh, armed robbery and then did not you, armed robbery. What was it? So the, when I first got busted as an adult, I got busted with crack cocaine. Okay, you know what I mean. Okay, powder mm-hmm. and crack. Right. I got. I was in 1988. You know what I mean. My mom's birthday, June 16th, 1988. Mm-hmm. I was coming. You know, I'm south of Market TL, District Six, mm-hmm. riding through my Jeep. Riding through the TL, picking up my money, mm-hmm. you know, making transactions, and then got pulled up. The police was watching me. You mm-hmm. feel me? They pulled mm-hmm. me up, so I got busted. They was giving, they gave me three years for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, I was on probation, mm-hmm. and I caught another case for assault. Okay, you know what I mean? And they dropped that to a battery charge, which was a battery charge. Mm-hmm. But you know, sat down, and then my 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 father passed away. Fucked me up. My nephew passed away, mm. you know what I mean? One of my nieces passed away. Some of my homeboys was dying. Mm. And so I would get high mm-hmm. and I started doing other shit that I normally wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Cause I was never no gangster. Mm. I was never no, th- but I did some gangster shit, mm-hmm. stupid shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. robbing motherfuckers houses, mm-hmm. gunpoint robbing people where they dope, stupid mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. And I got busted, Got it. Mm-hmm. for that shit. And so, I learned my lesson, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And with the same spirit that I have even when I was involved in gangs and I was hustling, I still do the same shit. Mm-hmm. That's how I run UP, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the same spirit, right. with the same commitment, mm-hmm. with the same velocity mm-hmm. and dedication. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's so interesting, like, watching you and seeing you because um, the way that you, like, you, the way that you, so you're, you're very... Uh, 
you know, articulate and colorful and um, <laughs> and expressive, right? Yay! And uh, and um, and you don't switch up. Like no matter who you're talking to, it's the same Rudy, you know. Hey. And uh, and so when when they, you know, you wouldn't necessarily associate someone that like shows up in the world as you that has like a three point million dollar facility, building housing down the block, connected to people of all different socioeconomic you know up and down the power strata and like and so you really came up and did it and like you know and and nipsey hustle was like uh my favorite rapper he still is one of my favorite rappers you know yeah and um sir. i see a lot of similarities you know um but i do want to talk about your role to recovery because <clears throat> i think that's an important piece so like you you um you obviously are no longer a hard drug user nope Okay, I just wanted to make sure that. <laughs> and so Man, what was I, that I puff process? on some weed every now and then. You, <laughs> I mean? I, you know, I know weed has helped out a lot of people. Uh -huh. Helped me out. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? And I mean, you know, I I know, man. It's what was that like getting it off, getting off that, and like getting your life back together? What was that like? It was tough though. I mean, you know, I used to smoke weed all the time when I was young. Okay. You know what I mean? And when I switched and I started getting high for coke, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and smoking crack, mm -hmm. it was different when I started smoking weed again. Because I started getting high for many, many, many years. Even when I was in jail, I was getting high. Mm -hmm. Dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For 10 years of my life, from 87 all the way to 97, I was caught up in the system. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Going in and out. And I started UP in 94. Mm -hmm. I still went to jail when I was with UP mm -hmm. when I first started it. Because right. I was Dr. Jack in the morning. Mr. Rob your ass at night still. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Faking like I was really doing it. I just uh -huh. needed a job. Uh -huh. But then in 97, I had my first son. And I caught a case, a high-speed uh, chase with the police. And I came from a rally about stop the violence. Wow. But I had even a client in my car. Mm. Speed through the tenor lawn. I crashed in Chinatown. Wow. But anyway, um, I told myself, man, I can't be a hypocrite because in my spirit, I still was feeling bad. Like, damn, here I am telling everybody, you know, I'm here helping the community, but I'm still fucking up. Because mm -hmm. remember, 97, I was still in Berno. Yeah. So I'd be in Berno and I'd be up there doing my work. When I go home to South the Market, I'd still be on the block. Mm-hmm. So I was living two worlds. Right. And so 97, I made a commitment to myself that I would always go forward and never look back. And since 97, I'm in, you know, 1997, I went more on a narrow road. Not to say I ain't never, you know, partied or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I still drink, smoke mm -hmm. weed every mm -hmm. now and then. Mm -hmm. But I do not do none of the things and the choices that I made back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, and, you're, you build something that a lot of people rely on. You have employees. You got a lot of people that are coming up and showing up to the spot. And that's hard. It's mm -hmm. tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this two thousand, this two thousand twenty. We mm -hmm. just end up what March today, but March second, mm -hmm. two thousand and nineteen of October, which just passed. The police raided my house, mm -hmm. kicked in my door during the day of my fucking twenty uh, fifth anniversary. Wow. Yeah, the police ran through my house mm -hmm. for what? Because they was looking for some my son's clothing. They mm -hmm. said he was involved, implicated in uh, a shooting. Wow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so the police, the relationship I knew how me and the police have, but you know, me and the chief, I'd be cool as shit. That's my brother. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But they had to do what they had to do. But I felt as though they could have handled it better. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I do all kinds of shit with the police, community events. Mm -hmm. And then when it came down to it, when they kicked down my door, mm -hmm. And I'm a community. I'm like, man, I ain't got nothing to hide. They go, to, you, I gotta get you the keys to my house. Right. And so, you know, I kind of felt disrespected. Right. I didn't kind. Of, I was disrespected. Right. 
and I was upset. And me and the chief had a good conversation, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, because he was at my event that day. Wow. You feel me? Twenty mm fifth -hmm. year anniversary. Thank Um, I want to talk a little about public safety. Um, because you talked about like keeping the community safe. You talked about being um someone that wasn't safe, and now you're a lot, a lot of your life's work is around stabilizing the community, keeping people safe, giving young young kids a, a safe place to be themselves. You know, even young kids that at times may be aggressors. Like they are the aggressors of things that are unsafe and they come to UP and they meet people they relate to. They they find out another way, right? Um, what are some of the the top challenges that the city has right now around public safety? I think it's, you know, there's so many different things when it comes to public safety in the community. If you look at when people ain't got the adequate things they need, housing, mm -hmm. food, and medical. Right. When you don't have that for the people who need it the most, it's going to be problems. And where I grew up and where I'm from, District 6, South of Market on there, it's all around there. Mm -hmm. And so the safety issue is tough around it because you got a lot of mentally ill. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of drug addicts. You got a lot of people out there who are just angry and frustrated because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. they're all condensed being put into one place. Right. You know what I mean? So it's tough on it. And so that's the safety issue. But I truly believe the model takes the hood to say the hood. Mm -hmm. There's a group of brothers, uh, you know, Urban Alchemy. Sounds familiar. They're all dudes who came home, who did a life sentence. Okay. Majority of them. Wow. And now they're being uh, given jobs, opportunity mm -hmm. to protect and keep the community safe. Mm-hmm. And so this is a part of the solution. You know what I mean? It's yeah. that. Mm -hmm. It's a part of the solution with the the uh, SVIP team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Yeah. Brothers from the hood who know the community, know how to neutralize things before the police get involved. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. Yeah. Like the, the fight that happened at Washington. Yep. The big fight. Yeah. So before anybody can get involved, we're already up there mm -hmm. bringing the people together from the different parties yeah. and having a conversation of how do we, just how UP started. Mm -hmm. Man, they was already there squashing and shaking hands. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you had to bring some, um, not true to it, but you had to bring some logic to it of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these kids, I feel like, you know, they just need somebody there to be able to mediate it in a way where they can comprehend. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. somebody there that cares. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, anyway, the safety's paramount in mm -hmm. our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier, you can have a business, you can live there. If your community is not safe, then it's a wrap. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we want to make sure we bring to our communities is safety. And all the people out there who are homeless, the people out there in drugs, let's give them the proper services that they need so they can you know, survive and thrive mm -hmm. successfully. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you if you on the street and you crazy as hell, man, and you can't be dealt, let's get him the services he needs. Bring him to a facility where he really needs. He don't need to be locked up in jail. Mm -hmm. He need to go to a place where he can be fixed. You know what I mean? Right. And if you commit crime and you out, you get busted, don't get bad. Mm -hmm. Part of the game. Mm -hmm. What Beretta say back in the day, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Don't do it. <laughs> it's you, real talk. You rolled up. You was playing some old school music when you. Uh, I, heard, uh, yeah. I heard you in your in your car rolling up. Um, yeah, the uh, in terms of the issue that Washington High School, there was a big fight that broke out, and uh, just people that did, may not have seen it, and it was all over the news. It was like some kids got jumped, and um, and we've had some issues in the news around like school climate in general. We call it a blanket term: school climate, like bullying, violence, stuff that was um, 
very common when I was growing up in the city. Right. And and you stuff know that, about that too. Yeah, yeah. And stuff that we didn't have like cameras to record. Mm-hmm. And you know, we really feel like I really feel like my school wasn't the place that I could go to to get it resolved. You know, I feel like I just had to deal with it. And and so I think about that now like you know, someone that is charged with um the safety of children in the city. Mhm. And knowing the realities of how like kids aren't really relying on their schools or their parents if there's like a, a real issue that comes up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it, it is, a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an unfortunate thing, like after all of what you've done and what you've built and all the experience that I have, what I know to be true, mm-hmm. we haven't been able to like close it out to zero. But, I'm, and that's what I'm saying, you know, like even with Nipsey Hussle, man, the marathon continues. You mm-hmm. dig what I'm saying? This is right. not a sprint. It's a, it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. And so we got to make sure, man, we know what resources. San Francisco got so much shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Compared to other cities. Right. We'll be wrong if we don't learn how to use what we got to make it right. Mm-hmm. We just got to make sure we hold people accountable who's getting the resources. Because some people, man, they have programs in schools, I believe, man, ain't doing their job right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they'll cost brothers like me and you to come over there to stop their shit, but that's what they get paid for. Mm-hmm. So they're not really an expert. So if you got a car, man, that's breaking down, you don't take it to a dentist. Mm-hmm. You break it, you take it to the automobile shop to get it fixed. So when you have people who has issues when it comes to violence or it comes to issues, man, of, of neutralizing situations when it comes to that, call brothers like us who know how to deal with the shit. Mm-hmm. You dig mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Get us up in there. Make sure, man, that the people are being used for the right reasons. And sometimes you have administrations in school, they mean well mm-hmm. and they teach well, but when it comes to that shit, they don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Dig what I'm saying? Yeah. And so get the right people to deal with it. One hand washes the other. Listen to what a community is. We all work together. Right. It ain't me versus you and you against me. Now we're here together. Because mm-hmm. when you throw that rock in the pond and it hits, it's going, man, spread ripples everywhere. Right. Yeah. No, nah, I completely agree with that. And I think the only thing that, you know, only thing that's unfortunate, any anybody that's that is involved in a situation where, like, they are the victim of violence, it's like, you know, I know what that's like. I feel for you. Mm-hmm. And I wish I can create a world where that didn't happen to you, you know? And that's the only part that I'm, um, that's that's upsetting is that, like, we know what works and we still aren't doing it in enough of a, of a preventative way to keep it from happening. It's like something that does come up. You know, we get incident reports with our schools, like, every day. Look at, look at the kids who are coming from other countries. They're not being heard. Mm-hmm. A lot of them been saying for the long, yo, man, I'm getting bullied, man. I need some help. Right. Somebody, man, and after a while, man, that's why people join gangs. Mm-hmm. That's why I made people drop out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't send my kid to a school if I knew my kid was going to school, man, and they was getting bullied or getting punked on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, man, you calling your whole hood to come back over to the school, man, to defend yourself. Right. You know what I mean? And that's how a lot of it, I think. You know, starts and a lot of parents need to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. My parent, my my kids ain't doing nothing. But mm-hmm. goddamn, look at the video. That's him stomping on somebody. I mean, we got you know incidents I mean? of like parents starting fights with other parents. That's over the their, hardest though. Over their kids, when, when the parents come up there and they yeah. start fighting with each other. Yeah, man, it's hard to stop it. Then. Yeah, yeah, that happens. In, you know, that happens here. It happens in Oakland. You know, it's like it happens in the neighborhood. You yeah, know? like um, so. I want to. Um, I want to bring boxing in the school. Get some gloves. Then we oh, go yeah, up in there. 
You, you say you were you you competed in Golden Gloves. Well, you? I fought before. I used to fight down at Newman's Gym when I was young. Newman's Gym, okay. Newman's Gym, the yeah. TL. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I was saw a you, featherweight. I, I saw you like do like a little right hook South one day. Ball. I was like, oh, you really know what you're doing. You know how to put your body uh, into that. <laughs> hey, shout out to all y'all boxers this weekend. We went to go see Andreas fought this weekend. Okay, I don't yeah, know who that is. Andre, you know Andreas. He works for the probation department. Okay, you know him and Will. You know man. Shouts out to y'all brothers out there, man. Keep mm-hmm. doing your thing. Mm-hmm. Representing Frisco. Right on. Right on. Um, Wheel the thrill. You're you're one you're one of the cities I think great street ambassadors, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I want to. Um, I always end the podcast talking about leadership and legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any guiding principles when it comes to leadership? It sounds like an easy question, but it ain't. Mm-hmm. But I always feel like it's our responsibility and duty to educate. And teach the youth the truth. And my legacy wants to be into the people where they continue to make the movement about the truth and about building. Mm -hmm. Because you got to build people first before you can build anything else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A church ain't a church without the people in it. And so my whole thing, man, is leaving that legacy, man, of educating and teaching the kids who are actually not just the future, they're the present. The truth. Mm-hmm. about you know history about this history in San Francisco right. and have them be the ones who push the line to make this a safer and better community and city for our people here mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. but then on above all that and this is real controversial is to teach them man about who he actually man, created everything who brought this all together which is God because mm-hmm. one thing in life though Stabman one thing in life we all guarantee. You know what that is? What's that? Death. Without yeah. death, life has no meaning, baby. Mm-hmm. And to me, a lot of people are alive, but they ain't living. Mm-hmm. So where you going to go when you die? Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? I want them to have a spiritual connection with someone when they die. Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, baby. Mm-hmm. That's what saved my life through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm going to borrow time, player. I done seen, man. I done been to hell. I swear to God, I done been to hell. Mm-hmm. Feel me? Like really died and was there mm-hmm. and was able to get back up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so give them that spiritual food. Mm-hmm. Like they say, man can't live on bread alone. Right, right. You got to have that in your life. And that's one thing I want to install into the youth also. You know what I mean? You can't go wrong, man, mm-hmm. when you got God with you. Yeah, yeah. That's real talk. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I am I have faith, I'm a believer, and I know that, like, um, all of us uh, grapple with trying to fill this void, you know, this, and they call it the God-sized void, mm-hmm. you know? We try to fill it with, like, titles or money or women or drugs mm-hmm. or sex or, like, social media likes. You know, people are like something has to have for them to be driven, for them to be accepted and wanted. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you, man, the true solution of survival to me is salvation, brother. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have millions of dollars, and that didn't make me happy. Mm-hmm. You dig mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The yeah. only thing that kept me, man, strong and able to move forward is the spirit, man, that I had in God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what kept me strong and motivated to this day. Because to me, there's a difference between being happy and being joyful. Mm-hmm. You know, happy just means like at the moment, it's Friday, you got paid, the sun's shining on your face, mm-hmm. it's happening now, you happy. Mm-hmm. But shit, Sunday come, you done spent all your money, <laughs> and your ass broke, and you sad again, and you hurt. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, where joy is, man, mm-hmm. when you could be content being broke, because you happy, you know, when you die, where you going in life. Mm-hmm. 
You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And this is all temporary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. didn't know, like I knew a lot of people, man, who's gone just overnight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that's the legacy that I want to install with the people mm-hmm. is the spirit of love. Mm-hmm. That's it. There like you is. do, brother, all the time. You're giving our love, brother. Yeah, man. We, Unconditional. We, we, we love. We love on Monday morning. Amen. And throughout Monday the week. Monday love. <laughs> Monday love. Thank Monday, you. Thank you, Mr. Corpass Jr. Oh, you're welcome. So appreciate love, you, baby. bro. Yeah. That's it? Yeah, man. That was our? Almost. Shoot. Man, <laughs> I was just getting started. Oh, uh, you, you got some more to say? Huh? No, yeah. I just want to say, though, it takes a real one to know a real one. I'm proud of you, man, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I've seen, man, your direction, what you've been pushing. Mm-hmm. And where you go, and your life is just beginning, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that, man. Wherever you go, whatever you do, when you stand up for what you believe in, trust me, man. I know you're standing for the right reasons, brother. Mm-hmm. I know you, as I know your spirit. I know you. You know what you do, how you do it, and you're unselfish. You do it for the people. Mm-hmm. I seen what you do. Mm-hmm. I seen how you touch young people. I seen how you touch older people. And they got love and respect for you, man. You got heavyweight respect from your brother right here. Right on. So he getting it straight from the Gorilla Pino. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right on. And see, do what you're doing, man. Right and continue on. to do God's work. You know, God's work and thank him. Because mm-hmm. he gave you what you got. Mm-hmm. You bless. You blessing the blessing. Amen. You're blessing to the blessing. So. Right on. No fingerprints, you know? <laughs> no fingerprints. <laughs> Thanks, you're welcome, baby. It's all love. Yes, sir. Peace, peace, and thank you for listening to another episode of Cook on Monday Morning. At Cook on Monday Morning, we believe that if you own Monday morning, you can own the week. If you own the week, you can own the year. And if you change your year, you can change your life. Rudy Corpress Jr. has definitely changed his life. Um, what an incredible journey. And what what an awesome, uh, you know, testament to um, just what's possible when someone from the community really starts really decides to take charge to rebuild his or her community that's exactly the type of outcomes we want to see at cook on monday morning that's the type of work that's already happening i think in places like san francisco rudy is uh, evidence of that and it's happening all over the country um, so i'd like to thank him for sharing his story talking about uh, united players and for the inspiration that he's given uh, myself and countless others um so thank thank you rudy i also like to thank the people that make this podcast possible I'd like to thank my videographer and producer david topete thank you sir i'd like to thank fernando Cinco marquez for the editing he does for the newsletter i'd like to thank icy house for the mics for the podcast and i'd like to thank um, all the people that make san francisco the beautiful incredible amazing place that it is I'd like to thank our teachers, our school lunch workers, our our custodians. I'd like to thank our first responders, the people that keep our streets clean, the people that drive our buses, the people that um, are doing the hard, hard work of supporting the marginalized. You are all uh, what makes San Francisco the beautiful, incredible city that it is. I'm your biggest fan. This podcast is for you. It's for you and it's for people that are building in cities like Oakland, Los Angeles, Houston, Dallas, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Detroit, um, Miami, you know, Chicago, anybody, anywhere that is improving themselves, improving their communities, changing themselves, changing the world, 
I'd like to build with you. I'd like to connect with you. Please stay in touch. You can find me on Twitter at Stevon Cook, on Instagram at Stevon Cook. Uh, we've been on this journey to get to 2020 subscribers. If we get there if we, or if we don't, we're continuing to build and we're doing that together. So thank you all. Have a great Monday. Have a great week. Peace, peace, and we out.